Hi, I'm Jessica Lowe, and I'm a realtor. And I'm Jamie Knight, a mortgage loan advisor. We've been friends for years, and we're here to talk about all things real estate. Buying, selling, and maintaining your most valuable asset. Follow us to stay up to date on homeownership, tips, and market trends. You're at home with Jessica and Jamie. Woohoo, red button's on. <laughs> that means it's time. It's go time. All right, so. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hi. I'm pretty excited about this episode. What about you? Yeah, I am too. This is our first special guest speaker episode. So. <laughs> yes, that's why. So um, basically overview of today. Again, I'm Jamie. I know we introduce ourselves in the little preempt, but it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while, but we haven't really said our names every time. So Jamie with the deep voice and Jessica <laughs> with the sweet little voice. Yes. So now you know us. Um, all right. So, yes, we're excited because we've got our first guest speaker and it is a question that comes up over and over. So today's episode is going to be on closing. What all goes into closing when you're buying and selling? And so I'm going to let Jessica introduce our guest speaker today, who's actually the expert in this. This is what she does, and she's going to give us like a bigger insight into what this process all entails. Jessica? Yeah. I, I, how, I mean, there's really no one better to explain this than an actual closer. Yes. So today we have um, Janice with Alliance Title Group. Um, she's been in our office for quite a while now, and we absolutely love her. So... Um, Alliance Title is um, you know, kind of part of our company, and we really have the best of the best there in um, in our office, I feel like. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and Janice is uh, such a wealth of information, um, answers all of my clients' questions very promptly and thoroughly so that, again, it's making sure that my people are confident in what they're doing and yeah. it's huge step. Yeah. So Janice, welcome. Hi. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, thank you for joining us today. We're so excited to have you. Yes, of course, of course. Thank you for asking. I'm so glad that we could pull it together, um, you know, kind of in the middle of the week. So it's always good. It's not the end of the week yet. So, so yeah, I'm glad to be here um, and answer any questions and kind of go over the process with you all. Perfect. Well, I guess, yeah. um, so I know like the number one question that I get um, when I'm getting ready to start putting an offer together with my buyers is how much should we anticipate our closing mm -hmm. costs to be? Always. And, sure. you know, and it's, it can be hard to figure that because, you know, lenders have their fees and title has their fees and even my brokerage has a fee. So, um, so that's, that's usually a, a kind of like the number one question. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, and that's usually a buyer's uh, main concern is, is what they're going to have to bring to closing and and how much it's going to cost to get the property closed. Um, and really, that amount does vary for a buyer's side. Um, and it, it varies on um, the, the cost of the policy, which is based off of the sales price of the property. Um, so, so anytime you have a buyer, you they're obviously purchasing their own um, title policy. Okay, so they have their own title policy, and those come from our underwriters. Um, and each of the underwriters that Alliance Title uses, which is Fidelity um, and Old Republic, they have their own filed rates with the state. So those you know those don't change from 
you know, I'll say company to company. Um, and then we have, you know, the different fees such as a settlement fee. And that's, that's the cost that we as our title company alliance title charges to do the closing and perform the closing. Um, and then they have a title service fee, which again is based off the sales price of the property. Um, and that goes, that fee goes into all of the background work, um, all of the checking of all of the deeds, making sure that title has been conveyed properly, that we can issue a policy to our buyer to make sure that they, you know, that they have no issues in the coming, the coming years that they'll own the property um, to stay in that property. There's no liens, things like that. So that those are kind of our fees. And it does, it does vary a little bit um, from property to property because of the sales price and you know, once you factor in lender fees, what everyone charges, those are all kind of different from, from lender to lender. Um, and then another fee that I strongly, um, I feel strongly about is the, a survey. Um, survey fees are separate from the lender fees and the title fees, but, you know, that, that is an additional cost um, that most buyers incur. I'm glad that you brought that up because we actually discussed <laughs> surveys in, an, yeah. uh, in a separate episode of how important they are and um, what it shows you and kind of the difference between a um, a boundary survey and a surveyor's mm-hmm. real property report. It's two very different mm-hmm. things. So um, very different. You brought that up. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's it's very important. Um, if you're ever looking, it seems like a lot of money out of out of the pocket. You know, at closing when when your agent or the title company says, yes, it's another $425. It seems like a lot of money, but if you really think about what you're buying and what you have, if you're buying a $300,000 property, $400 is kind of a drop in the bucket um, for that sense of security. And it can cost you way more money in the future. If you did not get that survey. Absolutely. I'm thinking even something as simple as a, a fence issue I mean, I don't oh, know if anyone has priced out new fences lately, but a lot more than $400. <laughs> well, I, I mean, we were talking about this just a few minutes ago. Actually, um, I have a client who um, did, she did not get a survey. Um, her agent, it was not one of our agents. Um, she did not use use us or it's, it's a family member who um, did not get a survey at closing because her her yard was already fenced in and her agent didn't think that she really needed to. Um, and they purchased a specific property for the purpose of putting in an in-ground pool. Um, oh, and um, yes, and flag, they, flag. yes, exactly. So um, when she came to me and said that the um, pool company would not allow them to put a pool back there because her backyard was full of easements, um, and I looked at the survey that she had to have done for the pool company. Her entire backyard was covered in easements. There was not an inch of space that did not have an easement running through there. Um, so they have spent thousands of dollars and hours on legal fees trying to vacate easements so that they could put in a survey. I mean, a pool um, oh and they had to get their own survey. So what a definitely, rec- yes, a total nightmare. So always encourage the, the survey. Were these yeah. um, utility easements? They were. So this was a spec house out in St. Charles. Um, and so it was one of the first in the neighborhood. Um, so there were all kinds of utility easements running oh through every yes. which direction in their backyard. And it was a double lot. Oh. So it's, it's been quite a, quite a mess. Yikes. 
And so just comparing what initially, if they would have paid that 400, you know, 450 Mm -hmm. or whatever compared to what they're going through now. I mean, Mm -hmm. that we were even talking about, I think that was kind of an example too of what if, and it's so funny that you gave that exact scenario. Yeah. Ours was like, well, what mm-hmm. if? Yeah, what if you wanted to put yeah, in a what pool? What if you want to put in a pool <laughs> and come to find out Miss Janice brought to, you know, a real life example. Yeah, it really happens. And that's that's a whole point of. Because that could yeah. have dissuaded someone from even purchasing yes. the house. Yeah, and I don't know that they would have walked away from the deal, but they totally could have had the seller do that legwork. Um, and the seller spend the money mm-hmm. to get it taken care of um, on that survey work, you know, the survey notice. I mean, they could have, they could have asked that all of that been cleared up or at least gotten a credit for that, for them to clear it up. So, um, you know, it, it, it is, it's, it's really important. It seems like a lot of money at the time, but what it could cost you in the future is totally, totally worth it. Yeah. Because by waiving that, um, that survey coverage, um, you're basically taking on a lot of risk. Yeah. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to circle back because um, you brought up just as far as, you know, the sales price. And just to clarify, for people that are, you know, maybe first-time home buyers or anyone that really doesn't understand the process. Mm-hmm. So I liked how you shared that it all, you know, it's the sales price. So is there a kind of a parameters like when you reach, when you're, you know, hit 2000 or, you know, 200000 you know, it's kind of along these lines. Like an increase, does it increase by you know, 5%, 10%, you know, what is that the closing cost increased by with each, you know, I don't know, how is that divided up? I, I'm sure. Um, I would test. say, I would say it's probably more along the lines of every, usually about every, I, I want to say 49,000, 49 to 50,000. Every time that tier kind of jumps up a little bit, uh-huh. you go up a couple hundred dollars in title service okay. fees. Um, it is, is kind of how we have it broken down, uh, with our company. It's, uh, and I would have to double check that because I don't have that form in front of me on how it breaks down, but it doesn't, it's not astronomical. No. Um, it's nothing astronomical. Your title fees are typically, I'll say on a $350,000 house. So like an average size, average sale price, your title fees are probably around, um, $1,500, maybe a little less, um, thirteen to 1500 I'll say. But of yeah. course, um, buyers have to factor in any lender fees, which is Absolutely. really kind of the bulk of closing costs. Um, so there can be a little misconception, you know, whenever buyers are, you know, they're calling their lender and they're calling the title company and, you know, what do I expect? You know, all that stuff has to get added together. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, with the closing costs, when you see that, at least like, when you know, on the pages and especially with purchasing, you know, we have to collect a year. You know, you've got mm-hmm. to collect the insurance. You've got to collect that. And so, you know, a lot of time buyers are thinking, or even when they're refinancing, it's, well, I, all these closing costs. I'm like, actually, no, a majority of it, though, is your money. We're just setting it up for you. You know, to be out of your escrow. And that's kind of, you know, how to make sure they see the difference because, you know, I think closing costs, closers, title, they get a bad rap, a bad name because it's like, oh, you're adding in all these fees. No, actually, we're not, you know. That's right. And it's kind of helping everyone see the bigger picture and actually break down. You know, it's kind of like 
you know, when you already have this word and you just associate it with a bad thing, you hear a closing cost and automatically, what? There's like 7,000, whatever, closing costs. And it's like, yeah, but you've got to look at the breakdown, you know, and it's trying to help people get past that word and realize it's not $7,000 in title fees. Right. You know, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, Janice, could you kind of walk us through, um, you know, so whenever, because I am always fascinated when I'm sitting down at a closing with you and um, you're you're pulling up the um, title commitment and mm-hmm. how it's all marked up and all of the things that you guys check for through the contract to close process. And this is, you know, again, part of what that client is paying for is you guys double checking, triple checking to make sure that the buyer gets a title free and clear. Yeah. Um, sure. Can you kind of run over some of those things that you guys are looking at and, and that marked up title commitment? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, many people, what I've found over the years um, is that many people don't really know uh, what they're doing at a title company. Um, they know that they have to close here because their agent tells them that they have to close here. <laughs> But they honestly have no clue what your title policy is. They have, um, you know, no one's really ever explained it to them. Um, and rightfully so, because it's one of those things that I, I think is necessary. Um, but some people just have never been explained to it. Um, I do try to talk to my clients and explain to them, especially first-time home buyers, what they're getting um, and, and what all of this is and why they need it. Um, So when we get your title commitment, your title commitment comes out usually within about a week of getting your contract. Um, It takes our examiners and our um, production department uh, that long, sometimes a little bit longer depending on the property, where it's located, what the history of the property is. So anytime we get a file, um, our examiners, um, which they are amazing, uh, they catch things that you wouldn't believe when they look at all of these old deeds and especially Mm -hmm. in some of these counties like Lincoln County is still, none of that is online. So they have to physically go to the courthouse, pull all of the deeds and look at the deeds that have been recorded back as far as the property stands typically. Um, And so they, they basically make sure that all of the names, so um, that, you know, Jack and Jenny Smith conveyed the property as Jack and Jenny Smith to the new buyers and the new buyers then conveyed the property to the next buyers. Um, so they look at every deed that has, that is on the property and make sure that everything has been conveyed properly, that there's never been, you know, a questionable power of attorney or that a spouse did not sign a deed and they could have a claim in the future. Um, so when you have your title commitment, what you're getting is basically, um, it, it's a little bit different than like, a, I'll say car insurance. Car insurance insures you from the time that you enact that policy forward in time against two weeks from now, you running into somebody mm-hmm. or, or, you know, damaging a door or something like that. Your title insurance insures you from the time that you enact that policy. So closing time, the date of recording backwards in time. So it's ensuring that everything leading up to the time that you have purchased this property and you became the the vested owner of this property, that everything has been conveyed properly, that there are no outstanding liens, that title is clear, 
that there are no um, there are no questionable objects or questionable scenarios in the past that you would physically be responsible for starting as the owner. So say the previous owner um, had a new roof put on. They had a new roof put on three months ago and um, they never paid that roofer. That roofer has a claim. They can place a mechanic's lien against that property that states that they they don't really care who owns it. They can state this property owes me money. And so if you're the vested owner, you know, you're kind of on the hook unless you have title insurance. Your title insurance, that would be a very terrible phone call to me, but that's what we, <laughs> that's what we cover for. Yeah. Um, so in that event that we would get that phone call, we would then, we would pay that claim and then we would go recover our funds from whomever actually owes the money. But if you don't have a title policy or you waive that title policy, and I have seen people do that, mm-hmm. you're on the hook for it. I mean, there's, there's, there's nothing insuring that that has all been taken care of. And you know, it, it while you're talking about this, I'm thinking about um, there's been a couple of transactions that we've had, um, you know, over the past however long, and um, you know, something will come up on title commitment, and mm-hmm. the other side, our cooperating side, will just say, "Well, our title company will cover it." Why don't you just pull it and go go to us? And it's like, well, why would I have my client open themselves up to liability just to get the deal closed? That's that's a great point. Um, and there are underwriters who um, our underwriters that we use, which is Fidelity and Old Republic, are very very conservative, um, and we operate very conservatively with Alliance Title, um, meaning we kind of scrutinize a lot of documents. I personally am not a huge fan of power of attorneys. That's one thing that I um, I don't really love them. I feel like if someone can sign a power of attorney, they can also sign a warranty deed. Um, and so I typically will have those signed as well with a power of attorney. Um, but yeah, I mean, some title companies do try to do that um, where they'll say, don't worry about it. We'll just insure over it. I had one maybe three months ago with an agent in our office where there we had double checked the chain of title. So all of the deeds leading up to the sale and found um, four deeds in the last like 30, I think it was like 30 years had the wrong legal description um, that were recorded. So, um, Sure. I mean, we could correct the new warranty deed and say, "Well, this is the warrant. This is the legal description that it should have been," but that that makes a break in the chain of title. So mm-hmm. that the correct legal was not conveyed all throughout all of the deeds. Um, so we actually had to have all of those deeds re-signed and luckily everyone was still living and we were able to track down all of these people. Um, But, but that seller's title company, because they had just purchased in February. So it was a flip. Um, The seller's title company just said, well, if you just come over here, we'll handle it. We will ensure and you can get it closed. Um, The problem with that is if they don't ever handle it, when your buyer goes to sell, they're now going to have this issue just five years later right. and yes. five years what harder if? to get cleared up. Right. And then what so, if people are now deceased that can't exactly. sign to correct? And if that were the case, it would have been a quiet title suit, which meant it would be a year long. It has yeah. to be publicated, you know, published. 
and let everyone know that this property was up. And if anyone has any valid claims, they have to take it to the courts. And it, and it can get very expensive and very, very much an issue. So I, I always encourage people just to get, it may delay closing a week or two, get it cleared up because it's going to be easier to clear up the closer you are to the issue rather than five years down the road or 10 years down the road. You know, to that point, it's made me think of someone that I was helping, not even just selling, but, you know, people refinancing to do home improvement or payoff, you know, whatever it may be, because I had a guy, his title showed that he was like a mobile home. And mm-hmm. and we're like, but it's it's not. Like even the appraisal came back and we're like, but it wasn't matching. And we had to delay refinancing, closing for him, but we had to get this fixed. And I mean, mm-hmm. he, he gave us drawings from the original builder. I mean, all mm-hmm. of this. And it's like, how did it, how did he even make it this far that it went, you know, it went to like, sure. you know, it's just crazy, but it's like, it can come to haunt you, not just at selling lots of different ways. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, I love that you pointed that out is you've got to get that fixed because you don't know when or why or how, but it can sure. come to bite you if you don't. Sure. You know, for my lack of and professional do. words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, of course, things can get missed in closings. I mean, yeah. you know, if everyone's human. Um, Absolutely. They get overlooked. Um, but when it does come to light, you definitely should get it taken care of. Um, and it's not always the most you know, pleasant thing. It, no. It, no one wants closing to be delayed. I mean, you always have buyers that are ready to move in and sellers who are ready to buy something new or yes. move on to the next chapter. But it is definitely something that should get taken care of um, and really look at the, the problem as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that you are spot on with that because so many people get wrapped up in the excitement of closing day and moving. Um, sure. They're like, Can, well, just, just, push this through whatever we need to do but it's like but you don't understand that you're taking on this liability by doing so and it'll be sure, yeah. sort of like a, a week-long headache right now you could be talking about a years-long headache in yeah. the future yes absolutely absolutely so okay so next next question thank you so much for that yes yeah. um, sure so let's kind of continue on with closing day um you know, we're signing all of these documents and, um, of course, half the people are like, whatever, they get halfway through and they're just signing. <laughs> or they look <laughs> at their realtor and say, everything's good, right? Yeah. Okay. I'll sign. Right. <laughs> I don't know anyone that did that. But can you talk about kind of like how these documents are filed and like sure. everything goes and what happens with the courthouse and, and all that good Absolutely. stuff? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, typically you have, I mean, every transaction has obviously a buyer and a seller. Um, and depending on if your title company, if we were representing both sides, um, St. Louis is a little bit weird, um, and that we are able to do split closings. That is not a thing anywhere else other than St. Louis. Even if you go to Kansas city, it is not a a thing. Can you explain Um, what a split closing is? Yeah. Yeah. So a split closing um, allows the seller to choose their own title company to represent them throughout the transaction. Um, Whereas typically in other parts of the country, even other parts of the state, 
the seller would just follow the buyer wherever the buyer is closing. Oh, um, oh. I just learned something so, today, Janice. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. So that is um, something that is, it's very unique to St. Louis. So uh, sometimes when we have like out of town closings or people who are moving here um, from other places, they're kind of confused when they come and they're like, wait a minute, where's everybody else? We're all supposed to be sitting at this table together. Um, so that is, that's not a thing. It's a little bit different here. Um, but with that, it does help the seller and the buyer to have kind of their own representation. And what I mean by that is, um, so if I have the seller side and the buyer is closing at a different title company, we all work together. Um, you know, we have good working relationships with all of the title companies around here. Um, and we do so many transactions that most of us, um, you know what I mean? We all know each other. So we what happens is the buyer side so as a seller's title company we we work up the file as if we had both sides the buyer's title company does the exact same thing they work up their file as if they had both sides and then a few days before closing we um we call we say what we we're comparing we compare to make sure that my numbers and my prorations match with what they have and they do the same and then they send us all of their documents to have signed um and we have our seller sign all of the documents. So oftentimes the seller will have uh, basically two sets of documents. It only takes about 30 minutes. Um, and we go over the numbers and, and everything happens at the table. So we, we have all of these affidavits signed, um, the warranty deed, all of that good stuff, the settlement statement. And then we send everything, we scan everything over to the buyer's title company. Okay, so... Once they receive all of that, they then review it and they get funding authorization from their lender if there's a lender involved. And then they wire us the seller's proceeds and we disperse the proceeds. Mm -hmm. So it kind of adds an extra step in there, but it, it really does help having the seller having their own title company um, and not just following the buyer because you have someone on your side. So if there's ever an issue um, that arises or maybe... Um, a disagreement over something you have kind of someone in your corner to say wait a minute that's not how it's typically done we handle it this way this is a different solution um, it's just like having your own real estate agent to kind of represent you so um, so when that all happens and then the buyers closed once we as the title company receive the buyer's funds from their title company that's when it's then considered closed and funded and the buyer is then able to access the property. Excellent. So it's kind of a little bit of back and forth um, between the title companies and it may seem a little redundant. And once you sign, everyone thinks they're kind of done and they're funded and everyone can go on their way, but there's a few more background <laughs> steps that have to go right. <laughs> that have to go through. And that's why I always say, you know, to my buyers, I'm like, wait until I get in touch with you before you enter that house, because we're not, fully closed until funding occurs and documents are exchanged. Absolutely. And there are some, sometimes some lenders require what we call funding authorization, um, where, you know, they're, they receive all of the documents, the buyer signed documents and the seller signed documents, and they review it and make sure that everything was signed to their liking and to their, to their underwriters liking before they say, yes, you can release the funds. Sometimes it does take, a couple of hours it just mm -hmm. depends on the lender and and what else is going on that day um just and some lenders don't require that at all so um it just kind of depends i i would love to say that as soon as everyone signs everyone's done it would make everything so much easier but there are 
background things that happen um, in between that kind of slows the process down a little bit sometimes. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and another reason why buyers really should not close, or really no one should close in the afternoon because you get to the end absolutely. of the day and the wire transfer, I mean, that mm-hmm. shuts down at what, five o'clock or four or five o'clock? And Actually, um, wire transfers typically cannot happen after four o'clock. There are a couple of title companies in the area that they have a wire cutoff time of two o'clock. Oh, so yeah. um, I always encourage everyone to sign in the morning, mm-hmm. um, at, you know, at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, something around there. Because it gives everyone time, especially if it's a domino deal. And that's what we run into. Um, I had one right on 4th of July weekend um, oh, that it was it was like a three-way domino. And there were everyone was waiting to get in. And that title company uh, couldn't send a wire after 2 o'clock. Um, and so the buyer wasn't a- able to access the property until um, it was actually Tuesday because we were off on Monday oh, for the holiday. Wow. So, um so, yeah, I mean, and there's really very little that we can do about it. We can't take cashier's checks from other title companies. We have to, it has to be a wire. So um, always keep that in mind. And we try to get those everything closed early in the morning. Yes. Yes, because that's the last thing that you want is to be sitting at a property with a moving truck on a Friday afternoon. Oh, oh could you? And find out that funding's not going to occur until Monday or Tuesday of Monday's holiday. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God, my face is just like in awe. Like, could you, I mean, could you just imagine? I mean, I was just whispering to Jessica, I'm like, homeowner tip. That's our homeowner tip. Like, close early. Yeah. And most, I mean, you've got to assume most people, realtors or a title, you guys are telling your clients yeah. early, early, early for this reason. And, you know, if you're a realtor or someone's not telling you that, then we're telling you, <laughs> you know. We we absolutely in our office, anything that closes after two o'clock, we do let everyone know this may not fund. I mean, typically it, it can. And sometimes sellers are totally fine. They don't even, they don't, they're not in the property and they're yeah. fine with the buyer closing late in the day. But it just really makes it so much better if everything can just be done in the morning um, and then we just wait for wires to hit pretty much for the rest of the day and, and fund files as they come as they come in. Yeah, I mean, because really sellers can open themselves up to a liability by letting the buyer in before it officially funds yeah. because, sure. you know, the property doesn't technically belong to the buyer. Um, you've got a homeowner's in- insurance issue of like who actually owns the property if someone, heaven forbid, gets hurt while moving boxes in. Um, sure. You know, there's a whole... Yeah. situation that um, that could arise from entering the property before closing. If it was a contentious um, contract yes. to close process, um, I've known, oh, it, it's crazy, but I've known sellers to um, call the police on buyers yes. who are entering before funding and get them arrested yes. for trespassing. Yes. Oh, it's a whole thing. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, if it was not a pleasant deal, most do not go that way. Yeah, it is. I mean, don't. I don't want. I don't want any new buyer, seller, like hearing yeah. all this. Like, oh no, no. it mostly does not go that way. No. Most things are great. Everything is smooth. It's very calm and collected. Um, there's a there is a very um, specific system that goes on kind of behind the scenes, and I can tell you the title company would love to get buyers' numbers two weeks ahead of time. Um, 
but that simply cannot happen most of the time. Um, you know, there's a lot of working parts that go on um, behind the scenes between lenders and other title companies and even within our own title company with clearing title um, that we try to get numbers out to everyone three to four days ahead of time. Um, I know over the summer, sometimes it was even the night before a lot of my buyers may have gotten a, a settlement statement at 10 PM because it's just when you have 16 closings in a day, yeah. there's, that's just what, you know, you've just had to happen and the, everyone's been kind of crazy and we've been up against kind of record breaking years. So the last two years have been a little bit, um, crazy, um, in this market. So everyone is, everyone is doing what they can to get everyone closed on time. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of which we've had, um, or you have had, um, a couple of record breaking months, um, as far yeah. as closings per month. I mean, you guys are really doing well. I mean, able to close this many deals and still keep a, um, a very high level of service to our clients. Oh, so good. That's what we, we aim for that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, my team is awesome. Um, Medina and Justin are great in our office. Um, I came to this office, I guess, a little over a year ago, but I was at Chesterfield before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was uh, taking on a, another office was, is fun. Um, and it just makes it so easy. We have great agents and, and a great team. So everything just kind of rolls together. Before we let you go, can you give us a quick, um, a little snapshot of what happens when you file documents with the, with the courthouse, with the, with the records department? Yes, absolutely. So we do everything. Um, everything is electronic other than there are certain counties that don't allow for electronic filing and recording. Um, but everything is really done from our own offices. We send everything in electronically. Um, if you have a split closing and we have the buyer side, the seller's warranty deed, that original warranty deed, um, is overnighted to us once their title company receives that wire. So like I said before, lots of back and forth between title companies, um, but that gets overnighted to us. And then once I get the original warranty deed, then we upload them to the county for recording. Um, one thing to note, and I, I think it's kind of important to touch on is sometimes the, the county gets a little behind in recording. Um, <laughs> anything really in St. Louis County last summer was, crazy mm-hmm. um they were like six to eight weeks behind right now it's only like two to three days so it's probably not anything that's super noticeable but what we do notice is we have a lot of people who will call and say hey i'm looking at the st louis county website and i noticed i closed on my property back in september but it still shows the prior owner's name well really after usually later in the year they take a long time to roll those tax bills into new names Mm-hmm. Um, especially when it comes to tax time. And this is tax time, which is all the tax bills are going out and they're focusing on all of that. Um, so if if you do see that, if you've closed kind of later in the year and you, as a new buyer, and you notice that your name is not on the public website, definitely give us a call because I do want to call the county and make sure that there's no um, issues with any of the deeds that were recorded. But typically, nine times out of 10, it's just because they haven't gotten there yet. Um, They haven't been able to upload that to their system on the public side. But we do have the recorded warranty deed. They have proof that you are the owner. Um, It's just, uh, I'll say, clerical on their side. 
Right. And of course, then that also holds true. Let's say if you're a seller, you've already moved out of your house, you've closed, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you get a tax bill in December <laughs> uh, for that yeah. property. And it's like, well, they just haven't uploaded, you know, to, um, to reflect it on your file yet. But Sure. And it is tax time. So if you are buying or you are selling right now, everyone is getting that tax bill question um, with double paying taxes because they escrow for them and the title companies having to hold them. Um, it's not us. We don't want to. I, yes. Trust me. It's, <laughs> we just have to make sure they get paid. Um, and I do know that, you know, it, even if your mortgage company says that they've mailed the check already and they've depleted your escrow account, long as it's not showing with the tax records with St. Louis County or St. Charles County or the city or whomever, um, you know, we do have to make sure and hold that check until it gets paid to make sure that the tax bill does not go delinquent. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. it's that time of year. <laughs> yes, it is. So much behind the scenes, you know, so thank so you for much. bringing that to light. Um, I'm sure this could go on for a long time. I was going to say, I know Jessica's over there going, and this question, and this question, and this question. So (laughs) maybe if you're okay, we'd love to have you back sometime and just explore a little bit more. Absolutely. Yes. Anytime. Janice, thank you so much for spending part of your morning with us. It's been a pleasure talking about closing and answering all these questions that we get on a regular basis just to help clarify and um, sure. Yeah, make our people feel confident about this whole process. Yes, definitely. And Absolutely. helping us learn. Helping us learn. Sure. It's a light bulb. Sure. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, we always wrap it up, Janice. So um, just to take from what you told us, definitely a homeowner tip is close in the morning. Give time for maybe potential things, you know, with the wire transfers. But if there's any little glitches here and there, you have time so that you can get into your home, you know, set you exactly. up, set you up for success. And then oh, there's one other one I was thinking about earlier. Well, and but, I was just thinking to be flexible. Yes. If things happen. And if closing, heaven forbid, has to be delayed, just know that it's for your own benefit. And yes. it's, it's to protect you. Uh, we want to make sure that everything is taken care of before you take responsibility of this property. So it's it's to protect you. It's not to just, you know, throw a wrench in your moving plans. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. That was going to be it. That's what she was talking about is don't forgo title. Yeah. Like the fact yeah. that you guys said that there are some people that have done that. Again, if we were on video, you would see my jaw like looking at Jessica going, really? I mean, I, yeah. I haven't. So luckily, but it's just like, no. So another homeowner tip. If you're buying... Do not forgo that title. Like you, you need that. Don't. Yeah. The, the cost is yeah. worth it, and it's not that much in the grand scheme of things. No, plain it's and not simple. much. So, thank you so much, Janice. Thank you, Janice, for joining us, and thank you to all our listeners. You've been at home with Jessica and Jamie. See you next time. Mm-hmm.